Welcome to Tinto Talks, the hub of all things perinatal. My name's Octavia and I will be talking about all things pregnancy related and beyond. We'll be covering specialist topics from experts in the field and collect a spectrum of real life stories from parents who've been there and done that. Our aim is to offer unbiased, evidence-based information, but also shed light on the joys and challenges of parenthood to support each unique journey. There really is something here for everyone. Finally, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, let us know. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and prepare to feel supported, inspired, and informed. Welcome, Ruby. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. Just to give a bit of a story about what we're doing, um, I interviewed two midwives recently about how to choose your birthplace. Um, And then um, I have you and Karen in my class, my antenatal Pilates class, and um, you guys both have come to the decision of wanting a home birth, which is really unusual. Less than 1% of mothers decide to make that choice, especially in the first pregnancy. It goes up a little bit on the second. Um, but also you both have really different reasons why you want to do it. Um, and I just thought it'd be quite interesting to talk through the process you went through and how you feel about it all and how your husband feels, etc., etc. Yeah, is that okay? Yes. Amazing. So can you just introduce yourself and also let us know how many weeks pregnant you are? Uh, Yes. So I am Ruby and um, I am 35 weeks and three days pregnant with my first bubba. And I don't know whether it's a boy or a girl. God, you're really getting near to the end now, aren't you? I know. Well, our our midwife came over today to do a blood test and she was like, well, in two weeks, you know, it could come at any time. And I was like, that's so exciting. But also I feel like I've got loads more prep I want to do. So I'm hoping that they cook for a little bit longer. So can you talk us through your process that you went through? Um, When did you start thinking about where you would like to give birth? Um, So I guess I was, my mum gave birth to me at home um, and um, had an absolutely incredible experience. And so before I got pregnant, I had always kind of said, oh yeah, well, you know, we'll, Um, I want to have my baby at home too and I want my mum to be there and I had this whole idea in my head of that's how it was going to be but then when I actually did get pregnant and I I got quite um, I I felt quite anxious about a lot of different things um, and I thought actually no probably I want to be um, somewhere where if something does go wrong I can have the support that I need Um, and um, Ollie, my husband's sister, had given birth at a midwife-led unit, so it sounded like perfect middle ground, so I was going for that. And then coronavirus happened, and um, it was unlikely that Ollie was going to be able to be with me for the whole time. My mum certainly wouldn't be able to be with me. Um, and I went for my checkup, I think, on like week 26. Um, and the lovely midwife I saw there was like, well, we've got a full... Um, home birthing midwife-led team, um, you know, you've had a really low risk pregnancy so far, why don't you think about it? And I, and it just kind of reinvigorated all of those thoughts that I'd had about, yes, this is something that I did really want. And the idea of being able to have my mum with me as well as Ollie um, meant a huge amount. So um, got in touch with them, spoke to um, 
the the head of that team and she was she's just an absolutely fantastic woman and was so inspirational that I was like yeah let's do it let's book the birth pool now um and so that was kind of me really for a while <laughs> and so your decision was really driven by kind of family experiences and 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 that rather than kind of research into it did you did you do any research at all well I, I did then after yeah so um I feel like I could maybe have like a doctorate on pregnancy now because I've done so much research. Um, but at the time it was very much an emotional decision. And I think because um, I had had a low risk pregnancy and because one of my really good friends is a midwife and has facilitated a lot of home births and because my mum had one, you know, 30 years ago, mm. I didn't have that anxiety that I think a lot of women have that um, it wasn't safe because I felt, I felt quite reassured by the experiences of the people around me. Um, and I also really wanted to avoid a heavily medicalized and medicated birth. And so I thought, if I stay at home, then that's a lot less likely to happen. Um, but then I did do some research. So one of the main things that um, the uh, head of this uh, team pointed me to was um, a huge study that they did, I think, um, about 10 years ago of like 2000 women who uh and where they gave birth and all of the outcomes and um they mention it in the uh, hypnobirthing course that i've done as well um which is basically saying that for a second time mum the safest place statistically for you to be is at home um and for first time <laughs> although the risk is slightly higher it's probably equal to a midwife-led unit so at that point and obviously the idea that you know they will transfer you in if you have any issues again just reassured me that if there was any problems they would spot those early and everything would be okay yeah i think that's the key is that um obviously you need to be low risk and obviously close to a hospital as well if, or, or close to somewhere if something does get start to go wrong but as you said the the evidence actually shows that across the board like the, the most the best place to be is either midwife led unit or home um that the stats between the two are really small actually but the mm. uptake of home births is really minimal because of this fear of birth and labor and and what all comes with it you know yeah um, i guess comes from a lot a lot of it is lack of understanding actually and i definitely would relate that to to my experience with birth i think now that i've you know kind of become so involved in you know the perinatal period i've learned so much and i you know yeah you just think ah oh, okay well that's why this works better you know like you're in a, if you're in a calmer environment where you can you know set the mood set the lighting um, you know, you don't have to mid throes of labour then get up and move place, which obviously mm. is going to have a huge impact on, you know, your ability to kind of continue that process. Um, you know, naturally you're going to slow it down like an animal would in danger and yeah. protect that mechanism of it's it's a better place to do it at home. But then, you know, there are always complicated, you know, there can be always complications. So. I think you know it is worth just knowing how where are you based are you west you're west london aren't you yeah so um we're now probably about a 10 minute drive to two hospitals um okay. so we're you know um chelsea and westminster and um west middlesex like both have on-site 
midwife-led units um, attached to the hospital and are very, very close. So I'm not sure that I would have considered it if I lived in the countryside or, you know, somewhere very far away. It's kind of, the, the woman said, the midwife said to me, you know, if, if you think you're 10 minutes drive, you're probably about six or seven minutes by ambulance. So, you know, we then off the, well, we were always going to do hypnobirthing anyway, but we then started um, our hypnobirthing course and we bought the digital pack um, of the Positive Birthing Company. And I've already decided that any one of my friends that gets pregnant in the future, I'm just going to buy it for them immediately. Because it completely, um, it's totally changed my perspective and my understanding of birth and um has just made me feel incredibly empowered by the scientific knowledge. I think hypnobirthing makes it sound like you're going to kind of light up your like crystals and like, you know, burn some incense and then the baby will slip out. But <laughs> it's not like that at all. Like it's really, uh, we learn about how, um, you know, my uterus contract is going to be contracting in labor and um, the, the kind of, role that adrenaline plays, the role that oxytocin plays, how important it is to stimulate uh, the production of oxytocin to ensure that you have very strong positive um, surges or contractions and all of that just made me feel like hell yeah like I can do this and you know that really spurred us on as well. That's the thing though isn't it once you get that understanding it all makes sense because because yeah. why on earth would you want to do it at home it sounds messy it sounds like awkward you know it's, it just doesn't sound chilled at all like but actually when you get that understanding you just think actually that makes a lot of sense I mean I yeah. definitely remember the transfer from hospital when I was in the early stages of labour with, with number one and I I mean, my husband took the wrong turning. And at that point I was like, for God's sake, how many yeah. times have we gone to this hospital? <laughs> and he was like, so amazing. in the back of a defender, kind of hands on the, on the back <laughs> of the seat. Like, oh, it was awful. Yeah. Um, but hilarious at the same time. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that uh, uh, Siobhan, who kind of leads the hypnobirthing uh, course that we did, said was um, very similar to what, you mentioned about you know what do other animals do and you know they give place in small dark um places away from the herd like in a, in places where they feel very very secure and normally at night time um and so it feels very counterintuitive to then just like bowl into a labor ward where you've got like strip lighting seven strangers in the room with clipboards loads of beepers and monitors yeah. um it's just and then they kind of those environments are the places where your labor can sort of fail to progress or things can get difficult and the more intervention you have the sometimes the more difficult your recovery can be yeah but equally so important you know when you do get to that point if you aren't you know progressing through then you know thank god there are those options Absolutely. out there life-saving you know it really is and i think yeah. it's about kind of having the understanding of both sides and knowing that they're both there but knowing what's right for you but getting your head around what it is that you're trying to achieve yeah um, so yeah brilliant. no definitely I think for me what one of the other things that I've really thought um which is funny because I feel like I've faced a lot of like not judgment as in harsh judgment but kind of like questions and oh god why would you want to do that mm -hmm. um about my decision to think about a home birth um but I don't have that feeling about people who choose to just say, yes, I'd like a C-section or yes, I, I'm definitely having an epidural 
or you know any of those things um whether it's medically necessary or whether it's your choice like i mean women have such a hard time being forced into decisions and told what to do with their bodies at the best of times like at least let me birth my baby exactly how i want to without judgment exactly it's such a personal thing but i think i think it's probably safe to say that people who do choose an elective c-section probably get a bit of stick as well you know oh I definitely you know um it's that kind of either you know when someone says oh i gave birth naturally without any pain <laughs> Like, well, well done and lucky you, basically. Yeah. But, you know, like, you're very, very lucky. Yeah. It's like when people go, oh, I just, like, I saw on one of my pregnancy apps the other day, like, I just snapped right back after birth. And you're like, well done, babes. Like, for those of us that aren't going to do that or for whether that's not going to be possible, that just feels really, really, like... And it is such <laughs> a... Your bodies go through so much, you know. You've got nine months of, of postural changes... Um, you know, hormonal changes, a, a kind of psychological change that you've got to come to terms with, you know, not, not necessarily a loss of yourself, but a loss of the identity of yourself as it was before, because you now Absolutely. become a mother and, you know, you've got to take on, um, you, everything revolves around the baby. Um, you know, even if it's, even whilst you're pregnant, before they arrive, it's all about them. Everything you do, every decision you make is to make sure that you keep them safe and to, you know, have your body in the best possible way to, carry them through um and you know that doesn't change for a long time so yeah i think we really should stop giving mothers stick for whatever decision they make really. yeah and like the end goal is that you get to hold your healthy your baby's healthy and you get to finally hold them and like get to begin your journey together however you arrive at that point as long as it's the best thing for you and your bub then exactly. great and um what's how's ollie then felt about a home birth <laughs> well, you know you know ollie so he likes the flat to be nice and tidy so i think the idea that i may possibly be like pooping in a pool in our lounge is not what he would maybe have signed up for um but he's been incredibly supportive and uh got really into it and we did and one of the things that they do at west mid is um you can have like a zoom with lots of other parents to be who were planning on a home birth and then they have two women come in who have delivered at home um okay. and you can then sort of ask them questions or hear all the gory details and stuff so we did that and i think that really helped but i think um being pregnant during like global pandemic was has just been pretty weird and i think that um Owls was very much like whatever is going to make you feel the happiest and the most reassured then that's what you know then he was ready to support that um so yeah the whole i mean being pregnant in a pandemic it's 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 such a pity like because it's you know it's such a special time and you know it's nice to, not that you I know you can't drink which is obviously i i feel very sorry for you at this time <laughs> But, you know, like it's it's going out and sharing your growing figure with your friends and, you know, every time they see you like, oh, my God. And, and then also that NCT or that kind of antenatal group that you are supposed to kind of form, you know, in, in the early stages. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not the be all and end all. Like my group was very, very small and I still had a very well supported postnatal period. Um, and that was just because of where I live and, you know, how, how it turned out. But <clears throat> I think... Um, it is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's quite a lonely time as well because unless you're around other pregnant women, 
nobody really gets it you know and there's lots of questions and you know you, if you don't have that midwife interaction as as face to face or you know as regularly as you would want to and I don't know it's it's a bit more it's a bit different over over zoom you know it's not as personal you probably don't feel as relaxed to kind of be like well I did also have this really weird thing where you know I went to the loo the other day and this happened yeah, you know, yeah. like you probably just think oh you know what I'm not going to say that <laughs> so. yeah no I have had a bit of that that's the other thing that has been really nice and was one of again a, a deciding factor for when we were you know hoping to have the home birth was that the midwives come to you and so I have been able to have that one one to one um, with someone, and also see another woman, which was really nice. <laughs> I've only seen Oz for like four months, and I love him, but I was like a girl. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, she she was great, but um, yeah, it it is a weird one. I do I do think, um, but on the flip side, it's meant because you know Oz works such different hours to me. We weren't gonna we often could be like ships in the night before um you know he was furloughed and I was working exclusively from home so you know the last three months before we become a three we've just been just us two the whole time um and it's just been really really special and really lovely so it the hardest thing has been not seeing like my family and yeah as you say like just all my girls getting excited at work or when you know hanging out with them but just being the two of us it's felt like we're, we've got a nice strong basis to take us into that pretty crazy post baby arrival time um and I've got used to being in the house <laughs> with not much to do or not being able to go out so I think that has been quite good as well good and I think also from a postnatal kind of mood point of view um and actually even just during labour as well they say that that continuation of care that you get from home births and from you know having the same midwife or you know hopefully the same team at least that's very positive and um, helps support the process of that home birth but also then um, hopefully will put you if you hopefully have a good positive birth experience put you in a really good stead for yeah uh, postnatally yeah and I guess it's just remembering afterwards you know even if you're not able to I mean we are obviously allowed to get out and about a bit more which is much better but just you know keep that just because we're in lockdown there is still a lot of resources out there and you know there's always just knowing that there's someone to ask questions to and yeah and tinto the app comes in as well that you know it'll be you know you've got that kind of hopefully like-minded group of parents around you that you can you know put your questions out to and get kind of some experts. yeah i've had some great answers from people uh and or women on the tinto app about my questions which has been really reassuring um and really nice and um the same with some other pregnancy apps as well I've met some people that i now speak to you know off the app and on like whatsapp and things and who wow. live locally so hopefully right. they'll be my uh substitute nct uh, people to hang out with no, you can always come and ask me anything as well yes <laughs> thank you amazing so um have you had any reasons why you've been told that you might not be able to have the home birth yes so um i mean and and now my my lovely midwife is still really positive that we we um still might be able to do it but um i'm not sure now whether it will be the best thing for us and that's because um my platelets which were low before i got pregnant and had been my whole life um they dip naturally lower in pregnancy anyway but because i already had low platelets mine have dropped to quite a low level now 
Um, and so I've had, to, we've kind of, we've got a plan in place based on um, how low they get about what I'm going to be able to do. And it's just a scrolling scale really. Um, at the moment, they're hovering around 90 and they're supposed to be between, I think, 150 and 350 at this time. So they are quite a lot lower. Um, if, and so they're monitoring me um, bi-weekly at the moment. And then if they get too low and by too low, I think, I mean, 50 is where you start getting really worried. And at 50, I would probably just be induced at 37 weeks and, um, have to have like um likely have a, a c-section um but under a uh, and then a c-section or just c-section um, so i think if they if they would induce me and then if anything started going wrong because i wouldn't be able to have an epidural and i wouldn't be able to have a uh, local anesthetic so i'd have to be completely out um which is not ideal and i wish that they hadn't told me that because until they get to that point i'd rather not think about it but that's what they told me um and then anything between yourself though you know you've got i think this is another thing that i always say is that like you've got to understand every range of the spectrum of what can happen and the more you have that understanding the more you can prepare for each eventuality and just yeah. it's not this massive surprise that it's happened you know it's not just yeah. like, but that but that wasn't on the plan it's like okay i did know that this is a a possibility yeah and it's okay because as you said all that matters is getting that baby into your arms so yeah. just like pass it to me once i've written up that i'll be fine after that yeah. um and it has been good as well because i've done more research about uh c-section recovery as well where i was looking more towards uh recovery for uh like a vaginal birth so that has been useful as well but so that's kind of the the far end of the spectrum and then if they stay around 90, I'll still be able to have my home birth um, and would have to have the injection after I delivered to help me deliver the placenta quickly. Uh, and then anything between those, between 90 and sort of like 60, um, they would say probably best for you to go to the birth center because then you're in the hospital and we can get to you quickly if anything does go wrong. Um, the concern is really that, um, you know, I would lose too much blood and that that would be the problem really so um i feel okay about it i'm 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 again really grateful that i did the hypnobirthing because it has enabled me to feel very comfortable with whatever outcome happens and it's nice just i really love chloe my midwife's faith that things will be okay so that's really nice to have that positivity um and it is useful although it was uh, alarming to think about going under a, a general anaesthetic um, to know the full spectrum um, and now it's just a case of waiting and seeing and I'm also quite pleased because I said to the doctor you know is there anything I could do could I eat more different things and he was just like no there's absolutely nothing that you have done or could have done so so easy to blame yourself for everything, isn't it? <laughs> I literally was like, well, I've obviously just not been eating enough blueberries. That's clearly what it is. <laughs> like I should have been. Um, but no, I've been eating very healthily. And so I think it is just one of those things. Um, and I have been incredibly lucky to have a really low risk pregnancy. So I'm still putting myself in that bracket for sure. Amazing. So exciting. It is exciting. It's so exciting, especially because I don't know whether it's a boy or a girl. I'm just like, what are you, baby? Come out. 
Let me. Which do you think it is? <laughs> um, I spent a lot of the pregnancy thinking it was a boy, and now I just really feel like it's a girl. And I have absolutely no basis whatsoever for that at all. Um, that's just how it feels at the moment. So we'll they see. as well. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I genuinely don't mind though, which is nice. I think a lot of people that I've spoken to were really disappointed. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite pleased that I just genuinely don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It, yeah, it, they're both, all of them, wonderful. I know. I was really hoping for a girl because I love being an older sister. I was like, I'll have a, I'll have a girl first, then I'll have a boy, just like my mum and dad. Yeah. But... <laughs> no, it's fifty-fifty. Yeah. Well, you had the same as what what you had growing up. So maybe... I did. Yeah, I did end up with both girls. Yeah, which I was terribly disappointed about. But now I'm really happy that I've got two girls. Although I must say, it does make me wonder whether I'll have a third just to go for the boy. But then another friend of mine has just had her third, and it's another girl. And the, the idea of having three girls fills me with such dread. That's intense, isn't it? Imagine or... the teenage household. It would oh just. My God. I know. Well, also, the, um, our next door neighbour, they had two boys and I guess they were going for a, a third girl and they ended up having twins. So they went from having two kids to four children and including twin girls. And it sounds like absolute mayhem over there. So I think, yeah, maybe, maybe just <laughs> hold on see. going to be happy with what I have. <laughs> Oh, babe, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, if it's okay with you, when uh, you've had the baby and you're ready, we would love to catch up again. Yeah. Do a post-baby catch-up and talk about how it all went, whether it was anything like you expected it to be, um, and just, yeah, just tell us all about it, really. And obviously, that would be great. the little baby. Yeah, that would be so nice. It'll probably be, I'll probably be like, yeah, so I went to labour, was like, can't be dealing with this. Give me the epidural. <laughs> Take me to the... It all went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, babe. No worries. Lovely to chat, Alfie. Okay. All right. Bye.